TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of News You Can Use. I am the host of this program, Ann Baldwin. And I am so pleased to have back on this program uh, a good friend of the show, whether it was uh, the original show that we started here, whether it was a connection, and now here we are with news you can use. And I figured who better to get back on the show than my good buddy, Daryl McGraw. Good morning, Daryl. Yeah, what's up, Dan? How you doing? It's always a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure. You know, I got to tell you, when you you say how am I doing, I got to admit uh, to you and to the audience, I get a little nervous in November and December. I don't know why, but in my recovery, these are the two hardest months for me. I don't know if it's the time change, if it's, you know, that it's getting darker earlier, if it's getting colder, but um, I get a little bit on edge and I really got to pay attention to things, especially these next couple of months. So that's my goal right now is to just stay straight, stay focused and keep it going. No, I hear you. I, you know, um, a lot of people don't like this because this is, the attention comes up of getting family members together. And those of us that have been in long-term recovery, like myself and you, right? Um, me being in recovery since May 7, 2007, right? I think about getting together with family members and, you know, um, I, that brings in a lot of attention. But a lot of times family members, just for me and what I've heard from friends, is that I like family members that maybe not in the same spaces that we are um, tend to forget try not to forget what um, they, they like to remind us, I should say, of where we came from and not where we are presently. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a guy that comes over every Thanksgiving, eats my turkey in my house. I've been in recovery for quite some time now. And he still reminds, likes to remind me, oh, man, good thing you stopped smoking that crack. And, you know, and for a while that used to, like, kind of knock me off edge a little bit. But today I understand that's where he's at and he needs that for whatever reason. Like, you know, we we have people that, you know, um, that need to kind of remind themselves of where we were and not where we are. I don't know why, but I think that a lot of that stuff, a lot of those ugly memories come up for especially people that were in that are in recovery that may have did things that they weren't so proud of. We still got people that like to remind us. Oh, yes, we do. You know, or, or just like to, you know, go down memory lane. I go down south a lot of times. Well, 
They can go yeah. down. They can go down memory lane, but I don't have a lot of memory of the lane I was going down. So, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, they like to remind you that hey, oh, yo, you don't remember you put that lampshade on your head. And you did. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Every time, you, every year we get together, you remind me of that. Thing. Oh, that's so funny. So, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I kind of skipped ahead, Daryl. I just want people to know, um, you know, if you haven't tuned in when Daryl McGraw was on this program, he's got so many different certifications. Um, he is a certified criminal justice addiction professional, um, also has a state uh, certificate certificate rather as an addictions counselor, recovery support specialist, criminal justice professional. I mean, you do so many different things, and I hope I didn't leave out anything very important. But, you know, you've worked with folks at Yale University and their Department of Psychiatry, um, just so many different roles that you've had just because of your experience. But you know, I don't want to be that friend that eats your turkey, but let's back up a little bit and tell people where you came from, Daryl, because I think that yeah. that's really important for people to have a perspective um, on where you were and where you're at today. Oh, yeah, definitely. I really appreciate it. You know, I grew up, I grew up in Stanford um, on the west side and, um, you know, the west side of Stanford and, you know, I struggled with addiction for about 25 years and I spent 10 years of my life cycling in and out of the correction system on what I call today the installment plan, right? So that meant I go in, go to jail for a couple of years, get out, go back and make sure the food is still gross and so on and so <laughs> forth. But the last time I was incarcerated was May 7, 2007. And, um, and I was, you know, I went to prison, um, drug-related, you know, I got pulled over, DWB, driving, driving while black. And um, that thing led to me being choked and tased on the side of the road by a, a police officer. And, um, you know, even though the circumstances for the pullover wasn't, wasn't you know, legit, I'll say, um, it was a time that changed my life. And um, I, went to, I went to prison in May 7, 2007 and was released in 2010 with five notebooks. Um, which today I call my reentry plan, my roadmap to reentry and recovery. And, um, you know, and I got out with a GED. And today I, you know, you and I have been friends for a long time. I, as you said, I worked at Yale University. I've also was the director of the Office of Recovery Community Affairs for the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services here in Connecticut. I started my own organization called Formerly Inc., where I do consulting and um, technical assistance, and I speak around the country. I do a lot of inspirational speaks, uh, talks around uh, recovery and trauma and urban trauma. And I also um, lately have been doing more and more talks about racial equity and um, inclusion. You know, we've had a lot of disconnect over the years. I mean, things have been getting a lot of, like, right in your face when it comes to racism. And, and um, we need to have these conversations more and more in our communities. So, and when we do have those conversations, we start to see that we have a lot more in common than we do um, uh, uncommon. If we do, like, we don't have in common. You know what I mean? I do. So, um, just, just doing stuff like that, I've been very blessed to, you know, be, go travel all over the country and do things. But it started out with uh, a wicked crack addiction. You know, I stole from my mom. I did all the things that many, many other people that are struggling today in addiction has done. I did all those things that I'm not proud of. But today, you know, I stand here, a proud dad of three kids. My son's in a um, really good school in New Jersey. 
um, playing basketball. I have a daughter that's seeking to be like, she's 22. She wants to be Instagram famous and she's trying to be an entrepreneur. And then I have my youngest who um, is currently in high school pursuing, hopefully to pursue a career and um, being a doctor. I say all that to say that due to the choices that I've made within the last 14 years of my recovery has changed the trajectory for those, my, my family and many others. I can, you know, you know me and you go back. So I can tell you many stories of lives that I've impacted by just telling my story. Mm-hmm. And that's what it takes is for people to see the real mm-hmm. face and hear the voice of, of people who have made mistakes, but learn from those mistakes. And I'm so glad, Daryl, to hear that your family is doing well, because, you know, not only is the addiction tough on the individual, but it's also, I think, more tough on the family and the people around that around that individual, because, you know, you don't always know what's going on. I think that you're in Mm -hmm. that cloud. Um, But everybody else sees the reality of the destruction and boy, the hurt and harm and like you mentioned before, the guy that comes over to your house and eats the turkey and reminds you of how bad it was. And, and I think sometimes maybe that's not an intentional, you know, jab at mm-hmm. our recovery. For example, my mother was just out here visiting from Florida, so I don't see her that often. And my kids all live, you know, in other states. So mm-hmm. for them, it's still fresh. It's still new, even though it's been 11 years, right? They still, right. they worry. They worry because they right. know for me, one drink can take me right back where I was. So exactly. I understand yep. that concern, and I think the only thing that we can do is just, you know, do the best we can and, and keep remembering how bad it can be and and look at the future as a bright future if we, if we just, you know, stay straight. So those are great words of inspiration. Again, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Daryl McGraw, and um, we should also mention you've got your master's degree. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I got my master's degree in organizational management and leadership, and, you know, for me, um, like even that trajectory, like you said, like, you know, um, yeah, you know, with the whole family thing and, you know, we, and I'm sure there are family members here and I'm hoping that, you know, we went from dope dealers to hope dealers, right? Yep. So I'm hoping that, you know, this is inspiring that, you know, I remember I got 14 years of not using substances, no drink or no drugs or any mind altering substances. But I remember when I couldn't get 14 minutes and we heard mm-hmm. a lot of people. You know, hurt a lot of people, hurt, I mean, my mom, you know, watching me and, and money and promises. and They're all wondering. And so sometimes they are a little raw and still wondering when the other shoe is going to drop. You know, I remember my daughter was 14 and I had cycled in and out of the correctional system so much in her life that when she was born, when she was, excuse me, when she was born, I was in jail. I got out. I went back to jail. So I had cycled in and out of her life. By the time she was 14, that she was old enough and smart enough to say, you've only known me seven years. Right. Right. And she was 14. Mm. So that really resonated with me. But I, I wish I could tell you that was enough to make me stop using substances, but it wasn't. And, you know, um, so, you know, so I had to make some changes and some choices. Right. I had to, you know, and I, you know, I love to tell you this part that, you know, um, when I was incarcerated, May 7, 2007, and I was on that journey, um, somebody slipped the Purpose Driven Life book under my door, and it was a 40-day spiritual journey. And I read that book in 40 days, right, each chapter for 40 days. And through that process, I had found purpose. And that purpose was to use my story as a tool to help others find 
you know, find freedom, right? Mm -hmm. From addiction, from all these other things, right? And, you know, I always say that you and I and many of my other friends are on the modern day underground railroad and we're pulling people out of darkness, man, because, you know, one of the worst prisons, I was in a physical prison, but I tell you, addiction is that mental prison that is, is worse, 10 times worse than at least in a cell. They close the door, you know, you're locked up. But when you're out in a free world and still feel like you're confined to something, confined, chained to this addiction, and it's telling you what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, mm -hmm. that prison's like no other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Boy, you just said it so well. And, you know, and there is hope for folks out there who may be listening or who knows someone, you know, and I see on your social media too, Daryl, you're always trying to find a bed for somebody or, or help mm -hmm. somebody get into detox. And, and I think that's what we do. That's part of the giving back, yeah. you know, is, is trying to help those folks that are struggling, but there is help out there. And that's the good news. I know back in, yeah. you know, 11 years ago, um, I don't think there were as many resources, but I, I know now that there are. So there's no reason um, that you can't find the help that you need. So let's kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about this racial equality um, conversation. Mm -hmm. And I want to share with you something that happened to me last week. So I was sure. I went to Job Lot over in, yep. Bloom, over in Bloomfield, and I was checking out. And uh, I was getting a scarf that had no price tag on it, so they had to do a price check. Well... The woman behind me went nuts and just started, you know, saying racial slurs and swearing at me and just got belli wow. just got belligerent. And I got to tell you, this isn't the first time that's happened to me there. Here I am just trying to mind my own business, right? So mm -hmm. knowing me, I couldn't let that go. So I just had to say something to her like, you know, why are you acting like that? And she had this uh, sweatshirt on it that said Angel. And I said, first of all, you should not be wearing that sweatshirt, <laughs> ma'am. You should not be wearing that sweatshirt because you really are not an angel right now. And I actually had a sweatshirt on with a witch on it. Said, um, yes, I can drive a stick. It's kind of, you know, like a stick ship. Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah. said, actually, you should be wearing my sweatshirt because you're acting like a witch right now. I mean, we had this whole, mm -hmm. but, you know, I was kind of saying it tongue in cheek. But, you know, for me, I just couldn't let this thing go. Now, that impacts uh, me. That impacts the way that I look at people, you know, for the rest of the mm -hmm. day, if not beyond that. So, I mean, right. you know, I know that you talk about trying to get along, trying to understand each other, but will it ever happen? Do you think we're making any progress in that direction? No, I think that, yeah, absolutely. We are, we are, you know, I do a lot of, um, I just did a anti-oppression training the other day. And I think that first I have to say that we've all been lied to, right? Like, you know, or, or there's been a disservice with the educational system. I feel like if we go back and think of your schooling and my schooling, right? When we go back to school, if the teachers taught us about the contributions of black and brown people, honestly told us that, you know, there were black and brown inventors, doctors, like if you really understand the contribution that black and brown people made to this country instead of the half history that we heard, then we'd have a different respect for each other and their contributions, you would be like, wow, these people contributed heavily to this country. But because we didn't, and then the narrative is that these individuals are lazy or they're this or they're that, and then there's this point that we talk a lot about that people are hearing more and more of white privilege. And that privilege is not that you come from a wealthy family or things are, you know, were easy for you by no means, but what it means is that we all struggle in this country, whether we're poor or rich. We all have problems. 
people die, people get cancer, all this stuff happens, but your color of your skin is not another on top of all those things that happen in natural life. See, people are discriminated against based off of the color of their skin. And I'll just give you this analogy that I use a lot is if you picture an iceberg, when you see an iceberg, you see that piece of the iceberg sticking out and you only see that. And that's above the waterline. And that's what a lot of people judge. That lady that was in the line was judging you based off above the waterline. But if she knew you below the waterline, that she would understand that you're a very nice person, that you're one of my closest friends, that you are a radio host, that you do things, that you give your personal recovery. There's so much below the waterline, but we never get to learn that part about a person. So through the years and decades in this country, we've been judging people and fear has been based off of this everything above the waterline. And until we're willing to have conversations and get to know people and understand that those narratives that have been put out there for decades are wrong. Now, do I, do I, are there some people like the lady possibly in the line? I don't know her, but are there some people that may never change? Are there some people that are racist because or what have you? Absolutely. On both sides of the track. Right. But there are many, I come in contact with more and more people who just are respect human beings and love each other for who we are. And that's it. But the narrative is that we are at war all the time. Blacks and whites don't like each other for these reasons. A lot of the reasons that we don't like each other are a lot of are based above the waterline or false narratives that keep getting cycled through the media. Right. No, I agree. And, you know, I see, I don't know what it is, but I've seen a significant change um, just as a consumer, right? I've mm-hmm. noticed that a lot of television commercials now um, feature people of color. I know mm-hmm. that a lot of the television stations have moved people of color into um, more prominent positions on mm-hmm. the broadcast, mm-hmm. whether it's the anchor desk or out in the field reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, what's, what do you think is the thought process behind that? How does that help? Well, well, what happens is we started to highlight this now all around the world in corporations, which people, everybody wants, wants, to, wants to talk about racial equity and inclusion and diversity, and people want to be politically correct and you want to do so. So in some organizations are doing this authentically, right? This is, they're saying that they're starting to realize that here we have this multi-billion dollar corporation and we have no black and brown people in the roles, in the leadership roles. Why? Because we just, and, and that doesn't make sense. And the successful organizations know that you need multitudes of different opinions and lenses at the top so you can market to everyone, right? But if you only have a certain group of people in the leadership roles, then your lens is only looking at one thing. And it, it, it's all like we can't, like, you know, so the lens is that way. So what we're starting to see is some people, you know, are trying to look like they're doing the right thing. But I would say that sometimes it's done, you know, it's not authentic, right? Right. And, and it, other times it's, it's, it's intentional. But the one thing that I'll say, the fact that you're noticing it now, like, I would never notice that there are more white people on TV. Were you noticing it shows that there has been a lack thereof. 
people of color on TV that well, you're starting to notice that there's more. Right. Well, but you know what I think is, is and you know, I don't think I'm alone in this, but what I think is almost um, amusing is I challenge anybody out there listening to watch television commercials now. And I mm-hmm. bet you big money that in the majority of commercials that you see, you're going to, you're going to see the Asian person all in one 30 second mm-hmm. spot. You're going to see the Asian person. You're going to see the white person. You're going to see the Hispanic person. You're going to see the mm-hmm. African American person. And all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're picnicking together in their neighbor's backyard. Now, to me, that's that's overkill. That's that doesn't that doesn't happen. It's not realistic, right. and and it's almost an uh, just an overstretch trying to make everybody happy. So, I, you know, there's I think there's two sides to this. It just it just doesn't work. It just has to look it has to look natural. But I will also say when we're talking about the media, and I do this presentation that you and I you should see some of these things. The media has done um, a disservice of making things look inclusive. So a lot of times you'll see the unhealthy food ads will have people of color, like the fast food restaurants. And, and like, you know, we just had this whole thing about Popeye's chicken. If you go online and look at the Popeye's chicken, you don't see any white people saying, oh, this chicken is so good. You don't see that. <laughs> so <laughs> they're marketing and targeting There's this group of people who already have health issues. They already have high blood pressure and diabetes and all these things, yet they're marketing this chicken like this is the best thing you ever had, right? But <laughs> it, it, yeah, but you know what, Daryl? It is pretty good. It is. Pretty it is. Good. <laughs> oh, you, you see my Facebook page. Yeah, I, I have one or two. I have one or two. But I'm talking about the marketing aspect. Yeah, yeah. But then when you start to see, like, healthy commercials, you don't see the black and brown people. What you see is white people do, seeking that. And that's the that's the thing, like where you see like the really nice cars or the and and so so now they have to kind of change their game and their messaging because you know but and, and it's it's crazy. TV media is is probably one of the worst things that we have, you know, to lead us into inclusion and diversity because it's all in who's in charge. You know, it's all in who's in charge. And it was interesting that I was watching something the other day and they were talking about, like, particular news media and, and certain language that they use. And then they peeled the onion back and that particular, um, those particular news stations were all owned by, like, the Sinclair family or something. Mm-hmm. So their messaging was all the same. It was, like, 90 different channels. You can see it on YouTube. Check it out. Yeah, I, I challenge you to check it out, and and it's all the same messaging, and it's and it's interesting. I'll say there's one other thing is, like my mom, say she watches like, um, MBS, um, MSNBC, M- or Wait, yeah, hey. you know that right? MSNBC. She doesn't watch Fox mm-hmm. News. She doesn't mm-hmm. watch Fox News, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's watching that, and then I go to my friend's house who's watching Fox News. <laughs> same news article, but. The delivery and what they're saying is exactly opposite. Right. So we got to stop falling for the, the the banana in the tailpipe. You know, we got we got to stop that, and Get we got we got to do a part two. Well, I got this is some good stuff. All right, so I'm just gonna kind of. Is there a place you want people to go to learn more or to contact you for your speeches? Oh uh, or... yeah, yeah. Well, we, yeah. I mean, like you know, uh, like we're leading people out of darkness, you know. So um, and bringing them on the underground railroad. I mean. Today, the modern-day Underground Railroad, so I'm on Instagram, Harry Tubman, Harry T- 
Tubman 18 on IG. I'm Daryl McGraw on Facebook. Um, and, and follow the show. Follow, follow in. Follow in. Follow us. <laughs> follow and us. We'll have this conversation. Yeah, we'll have this. We're, we want to have more dialogue and really get into this. Sorry I would love that. You know, you're, develop it more. But absolutely, yeah. you're always a great guy to talk to, Daryl McGraw. I admire you, and you do have to check this guy out on Facebook because he's also a foodie. And we get to oh, yeah. see, we get to see that, and we get to see some of the travels and some of the great places that you're going, spreading your uh, words of sobriety and inspiration. So, Daryl McGraw, Absolutely. I can't thank you enough for being here today. Oh, you're my friend. You're my friend to the end, and um, you know, food is freedom. Food is freedom. So follow <laughs> me, and I'll see you soon, my friend. I hope so. And of course, we couldn't do this and wouldn't be here without you, all of our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of. News you can use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.